When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast, an Iowa Rugby Podcast. I'm Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And we are in the Wombat Den studio presented by Rotor Epoxy. Rotor Epoxy is the premier epoxy company in the world, especially in Iowa. Uh, Phil, what do you think of Rotor, Rotor Epoxy? Oh, I obviously love it. I love all their stuff they're putting out there. Their social media stuff is always really entertaining. They actually get a pretty good reach on that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, a lot of people obviously love what they do and love the designs they do for the flooring and stuff and just how much it like, you know, like ties a room together, you know, having that to, beautiful flooring. To quote from the Big Lebowski, like, you don't need a room or a rug that ties the room together. You need epoxy. That's what you do in 2022. You epoxy the concrete floor and it'll tie the room together. And no gangsters can break into your house and steal the rug. You big, you, yeah, a, the big you a big, big Lebowski yeah. guy? I was, yeah, I was like, I was starting to like think like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, duh. Oh my God, like that's like, a minute, dude. It's oh my God, movie. that's like one of the most like famous quotes. Like, oh, it ties the room together. <laughs> but for real, rotor epoxy, that epoxy coating, it just really makes a space look nice when you're working and you spill something, easy cleanup. It keeps that floor, the life of it, much longer. And it just, it looks good and they do a great job. So hit them up, find them on social media, Facebook. Uh, that's Rotor Epoxy. Great guys, great to work with. So for today's episode, no interview today. We are in the heart of the fall rugby season in Iowa. We're talking men's, women's, and college. College rugby, the real meat of it doesn't really start till later September and yeah. like women's is like for college is like October, but the Iowa senior side has started. Midwest senior side has started. And that's something we really thought would be fun with this podcast would be what is happening week to week. So often I know in years past, I've, I wake up Sunday morning or even Saturday afternoon. We're at the social and it's like, Hey, how did that team from across the state do? Well, I got buddies on this team. What what was their game like? And nobody knows what's going on. So we hope that this will kind of be, I don't know, almost like your your ESPN news or like, you know, the little, the fastest two minutes in football. I mean, we're not going to run down. And I yeah. thought about that, like playing the actual like ESPN music while oh, we did yeah. this. That'd be funny. But then I'd be like copying. Oh, pardon. Yeah, the copyright too, yeah. Well, yeah. I was saying copying, pardon my take. You ever listen to them on Barstool? Uh, I mean, I've listened to some, but not much. They like do the ESPN bit. And I'm like, ah, it's, it's been done. So we're just going to run down the games, uh, talk about what we've seen pretty much. All we're going off of is what we've curated off of social media, uh, a few text messages. A word of mouth, but... Yeah, we've talked to a few people. We've got our sources. We won't name names unless it's like Ant Frying or something, but <laughs> everyone else will keep anonymous. But yeah, we just felt like this would be really nice to dive into what is actually happening in grassroots rugby? We've interviewed all these people to talk about 
rugby in our state and the stories well there's stories that are going to be happening right now this fall so what better way than to start with d1 work our way down palmer hosted metropolis metropolis walked away with a 44 19 victory metropolis always known for being a historically great club there's always been rumors of like an mlr team that would be in the twin cities and it's because of the success and the history that metropolis has uh, I remember when I first joined rugby, I would see their logo. It, it used to be, and they kind of use it. It's like the old Power Rangers logo. Oh, yeah. It's like the globe with a lightning bolt. So, um, but no, they're they're a serious club. They've had big name players come through their program, and then they have multiple sides. And then with the University of you know Minnesota and all the high school programs, it funnels. Yeah. I, I feel like too, they pull a lot of top D three and D two guys from Minnesota clubs up to their club to be on the highest level because they do send guys to play very high level rugby. Um, pretty much. Yeah. If you're in Minnesota and you want to play at the highest level, that's the team yep. people play for Palmer. Historically, they're also a fantastic division one club. I feel like it's difficult though, for Palmer being in Davenport. Uh, I think the university from word of mouth, what I've heard, I don't think it supports rugby as much as they used to. Huh? Yeah. That's, I guess kind of news to me, but that's interesting. I, you would think because they don't really have like a ton of like Division One. They don't have like any Division One sports at Palmer. But but that's what's confusing is it's like they're not all college kids though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. But like, it's it's like it's like a kid, not continuing education or whatever. It's like that's essentially like your PhD or like graduate program style yeah. deal. So I mean, it's not like you're gonna someone in Metropolis could start playing there when they're you know. 18 on an academy team or mm -hmm. through high school or, you know, 22, 24, and they could play until they're 28, 30. You're, you're not going to be at Palmer for more than just a couple of years, probably. Right. Yeah. I and mean, like also too, like the only way you can play on Palmer is if you're going to chiropractic school, right? Like for what Metro, it doesn't matter what you're doing for work. Like right. You like, if you want to play rugby there, you get to play rugby there kind yeah. of thing. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword because back in the day, that helped Palmer out because they could attract people from other countries. Mm. They could attract people like, hey, do you want to play high-level rugby and get a really cool degree to make a lot of money at the same time? And for some reason, like that was such a draw back in like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. And now other clubs have caught up to find ways to bring players in. And it almost is a hindrance now where it's like, yeah. you have to be this age. You have to be being a chiropractor. You have to live in Davenport you know, and you're only here for a couple years, that turnover. So hard to get that consistency. But again, they're in the premiership. They're fighting hard. Uh, they always show up, play hard. The women's team. So Palmer women, they were D2 last yep. year. Like national runner-ups, right? National runner-up. They move up and their first match was against the Chicago Lions, who won the Midwest last year. Pretty sure they made a deep run in nationals too. Um, I didn't fact check it, but and sevens national qualifiers too. Yeah. So. Chicago Lions always historically good. Chicago Lions win 19 to seven, which that's much, that's closer than I would have, you know, originally thought. But I mean, you know, if you're a national runner up in D2, like I'm assuming you're going to be pretty competitive in D1 if you move up. Yeah. You would, and you would hope so. You never know with the turnover. You never yeah. know sometimes when clubs move around. And the roster can change. And with Palmer women, it's they could run the same problem as D1 men's yeah. as well. So, And so that's the thing, too. With the Chicago Lions, that's always a great program. So for the Palmer women to be like, hey, 
This is our first match in D1. They go toe-to-toe with the conference champion, the Midwest champ from last year. Um, that's a that's a good first match. Yeah. I, I'm sure they want to win that. Yeah, of course. But at 19 points, I mean, they held them in check. They were able to find themselves on the board. Didn't allow a bonus point. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and I think the way that their schedule played out, I think there's a chance they might play them again, or that that bonus point could come into play later. Yeah, if, especially if yeah if they could sneak out a win against them on the next time around, and yeah, get the bonus point. Like yeah, that could you know be a game changer for yeah. who gets to go to playoffs and who doesn't. Yeah, we talked about it earlier with you know Ant Fryan where he was talking, and we'll get into their game later where they have a preseason match with Iowa Central where it doesn't hurt them in their chance to qualify for nationals because it's a non-conference matchup. Whereas all these matches here that we're talking about, these are conference games. Week one, game one. This is a conference, you know, title that's on the line that you're working towards. Mm. Bonus points matter. Yeah. Keeping teams from getting a bonus point, they matter. And you're still trying to figure out your structure. You're still trying to figure out, okay, who, which players are best suited for what roles and not only are you trying to figure out who you are, you are playing against the top team in the league in your first promotion match. Yeah. Like, that's that's tough, but it they is. did it, and I'm sure they learned a lot from it. Oh, yeah. I would assume so. I mean, again, both really good teams. And, yeah, Chicago Lions, like you said, historically always good. Palmer women, I mean, realistically, have always been pretty decent, too, yeah. as far as I can remember. So, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Yeah. And then the next match we wanted to, this isn't an Iowa League match, but one we just wanted to take a look at that was really interesting. D1, Detroit versus Cincinnati, the Detroit Tradesmen. So they were in D2 for the longest time. They were trying to get to D1. And I know there's a lot of requirements like financially and just to show that you're stable and you can bring in the money. And Detroit was like, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Detroit, they're up in D1. I think this is their second or third year. Mm. They beat Cincinnati 99 to 19. That is insane. And like that's thing, that's the premiership. There is no level higher. Yeah. And Cincinnati, that's that's a formidable club. I mean, that's a club that has been D1 for a while. And I feel like you don't typically see a lot of like that high of scoring matches in D1 typically. Right, because you're Everywhere. all you're all at the top. And and if you think about it too, like Detroit, Cincinnati, you know, Twin Cities, mm. uh, St. Louis. Some of the, these are in Chicago. These are massive metropolitan areas. You would think you'd be able to find some athletes that like I, that scoreline is crazy. But I mean, sometimes when your team's that much better, you can't run out the clock. Yeah. Can't take a knee. It's so interesting how it took them a while to get moved up to D1. Cause I remember like my first year playing with Bremer there was talk about Detroit wanting to move up to D1 because they were D2 at the time. Because we were in the mid... That was like fucking six years ago. We were in the Midwest Finals against Grand Rapids, Mm -hmm. and the game before us was Wisconsin Rugby Football Club against Detroit Tradesmen. They were both D2. Now both of those clubs are D1, Mm -hmm. which is really funny because both those clubs, same spot, like, hey, we can hang. And the union's like, eh, not yet. Hold on. And, like, we watched that Detroit team. I remember there was a guy wearing, like, USA like flag rugby shorts. And I just remember like we were watching Detroit play six years ago. Like I have never seen in person a team get to the breakdown so fast. Yeah. Like they looked like a D one team. They just, that every single guy was physical, got to the breakdown, knew what they were doing, had good handball skill. 
Uh, it was just fun to watch. And so it makes sense. They had a lot, they have a lot of pride. So I, mm. I thought that score was interesting. And while we're talking about D1, I thought that we'd throw that in there because yeah. it's interesting, you know. So moving on to D2, Des Moines drove up to St. Paul to play against the St. Paul Jazz Pigs. St. Paul Jazz Pigs, remember, they were D3 last year. They were the Minnesota champion. This is their first match in D2. Des Moines, this is their second year back in D2. Des Moines, they actually started off slow. Yeah, it was like they were down like 5.15 or something like that at half. 5 to 15 at yeah. halftime. A little sloppy. Looked like it was a little wet, a little rainy. They come back. And they actually end up winning that match 31 to 22. Yeah, and I saw my boy JK was the uh, man of the match. John Kelly, man of the match. My fellow bald brother. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should go as each other for home. Dude, his players always tell me I'm the buck JK. His Lincoln boys. Yeah. Yeah, he coaches at Lincoln, and yeah. that's where he's from too. And yeah, what what was he playing? He was at Flanker. He's flanking, yeah. Yeah. He he's had a a career of being at center. They moved him at hooker, hooker moved him at flanker. flanker. Yeah. And from what they said too, it sounded like he was just a workhorse. Yeah. I he mean, was. he was poaching balls, making tackles, ran hard lines. I mean, you, you could put anybody's name in when you're man of the match, you're probably doing those things mm. um, consistently. I mean, that's why it doesn't matter what position he's at. He's getting the job done, doing yeah. the dirty work. And uh, yeah. And in those close matches too, I mean, you're down five fifteen. You need a spark. You need to start creating turnovers. You need to, you know, show them that like, hey, no easy rucks, no easy breakdowns. Uh, you got to work for it. You can't coast. And yeah, hats off to Des Moines for coming back because on the road, being down two tries at halftime, that can be tough. Yeah, that can suck. I mean, one or two things happens after that halftime. You either keep riding it and you're like, huh, well, hopefully something happens or you you step up and you rise to it. So mm-hmm. Uh, good start for them, 1-0. Anything else you hear from that match? Uh, I didn't really hear much else besides them just being down a little bit and then turn around coming back. And then obviously seeing JK got man of the match. Um, yeah. That's about all I really saw from that. I think they had maybe like listed who had scored tries and stuff, but I can't quite remember. I mean, maybe if you charged your phone before you came. I know. You know? <laughs> I did charge it. Was been, it's been charging since 10 a.m. this morning, and then, yeah, my phone's junk i only have 27 tabs open on my computer i can't (laughs) open one more (laughs) no so congrats to them and in the next d2 match bremer who just moved up to d2 they went up to play the east side banshees and they had a tough day yeah talked to a couple of the guys um east side banshees won 89 to zero and so bremer moving back up to d2 it sounded like on the way up, they they had a few changes on the roster. Sounds like a few guys that they had last year. Just life happens. Yep. Um, like, what, Jared Sherman? Yeah, he's like going like law school or something like that. Not like University of Iowa. So, like, mm-hmm. that might be tough for him to be playing. Right. And then just, you know, it, it sounded like too um, – well, Casey Hansen is kind of doing more stirring now. Yeah, he's doing some refereeing and some you know high level coaching for high school selects and things like that. Like life's happening, and it sounded like the roster that they took up they didn't have a full twenty three. It, it looked like they had some like there were some guys that I saw in there that I've never seen before. So like I'm not one hundred percent sure on like how well versed some of the guys were in rugby. Like they, there could have been some dudes that were pretty green. Yeah, I saw I saw Caleb Stack prop he uh he was looking good he's looking fit yep 
Uh, he looks like he's in, in fighting shape right now. And he put some pictures up with some guys. And I'm just like, one, I don't recognize any of these guys. And two, they look they look young. Yeah. And like really that's young. that's tough, too, because when I talked to Tom McClyman, who plays eight man for him, uh, Tom told me, too, that, you know, East Side, they have their shit together. Oh, yeah. They have a D4 side. So East Side is another one of these clubs. Well, they finished second last year in D2 for um, like the, what is it, for the Midwest League or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that. yeah. Well, they won, they won their side. They won their side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They won their side, and then they had to face the other side. Yeah. yeah. And so East Side, they have a second side. So yeah. they have a D2 and a D4. Uh, they... They also kind of like Metro. The Twin Cities is a great place for rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the St. Paul Jazz Pigs there, too. I mean, there's a lot of talent. Uh, they they got their shit together. And Tom was telling me, too, that just with all these changes, Tom actually did their conversion or their, like, restart kicks. Really? And he did, like, their kicks for touch. Um, he does got a boot on, though. Oh, yeah. Kick. Yeah. So, I mean, just they're, they're trying to figure out who needs to be where. And, you know, they're doing what they can. And... Eastside came in with a plan and they they stuck to it. So, it, it, again, one of those things where, you know, when when shit gets rolling, I mean, momentum wise, mm-hmm. if if they figured it out and they had their plan, it's it's kind of hard to stop. So, yeah. uh, next week though is going to be huge because Des Moines travels to Waverly to play Bremer in a D two match. Des Moines versus Bremer. And I think this is this is going to be a huge match. I'm going to say now, so just so everyone knows, there's only one episode this week. Mm. No interview this week. Two things. One, Labor Day weekend's coming up. We've been going at this hard for like 16 weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, we have. Our His girlfriend, my wife, would also like a... Yeah, a break. <laughs> they'd like a little bit of a break from it. I mean, we'll be back next week. But uh, while we're in season, I think we're going to change to just having one episode a week. Just because, and they might be a little bit longer, but yeah, our, our, our families need us a little bit because during years more than mine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because also too, like we're in season, we're practicing, we have games, things like that. Um, It's hard to kind of get these things. So just being open with you. So our game of the week, we didn't talk about this before Des Moines versus Bremer. Yeah. I, I assumed it would be. Has to be. Yeah. It's just, obviously there's always been. It's weird to say like a rivalry, but like when we played on Bremer, like it was always like, oh, you know, Des Moines. Like, it's Des Moines. It's yeah. Des Moines. I, there's, yeah. There's been, there's been heated matches. Oh, yeah. A little bad blood between some people. I mean, that's one of those games where, you know, Des Moines in the 90s and the 2000s were, uh, I mean, they were D1 at one point and then, yeah. and then D2 and then down to D3, now back up to D2. Um, and then when Bremer and Des Moines played for the last two decades, Bremer won every single time. So that's one Des Moines always wants. Mm-hmm. So you know Des Moines coming to Waverly, they're going to bring it. Yep. And then Bremer, on their home turf, you know they're going to show up too. Oh, yeah. Right? I know they will. Like, that's the thing. I mean, it's just, that's the match. Like, you're the only two Iowa teams in this division. You want to be the best Iowa team. Yeah, so I, I th- it's going to be, I, I would love to be able to watch that one. Like somehow, some way, but obviously we're going to be having a match at the same time, right? But hopefully, maybe somebody will do like a Facebook live Facebook stream live and then you go like back. rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, because that'll be a damn good match. If you're going to be in Waverly, you need to go watch it. Yeah. So B side boys match of the week: Des Moines at Bremer County. Yeah, it's going to be a slobber knocker because oh, yeah. it always is. We've played in that match like 
that's a match we've played five was, of the six probably five of the six years that i was on framer or something like that yeah or four of the five whatever it was a couple of the years you play twice yeah, yeah. It, so i'm really looking forward to and it'll be really interesting because yeah two clubs coming out of two different games you know one came from behind to win the other played against a really well-oiled machine on a down roster and traveling because yeah yeah that's also tough when you have to take your matches to the road yeah, Paul Damagey told me this weekend, he was our referee for our match, and he said, you know, not only D3, I mean, it's always the case in all levels of rugby, but the teams who win on the road, they have the most success. It's yeah. how do you travel, how do you prepare, and then bonus points again. Yeah. And especially in a league where Bremer is going to come to Des Moines eventually, like you play everyone home and away, that's even more important because essentially – it's one 160 minute match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you think about it and it's like, if you can keep them from getting the bonus point on the road. And then when you're at home, you get a bonus point. Like there's like little things that you can just yeah. kind of work your way through that schedule. Whereas like in our league, you know, Northeast Iowa had to come to us. We don't have to drive to Decorah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And that was something Paul Damage said. I think it's so true is that how do teams play on the road? will decide how your season goes yeah. and you know couldn't agree more on that honestly like I mean, we've obviously always noticed that yeah like every like spring match or whatever we've had to travel far and it's like come on like we need a few more numbers like even though you might have a pretty big roster it's just i don't know something about travel for most guys is well, even <laughs> spoiler even this weekend going to iowa city for the wombats uh, as we're looking should i not say it yeah maybe we'll, we'll They'll, they'll find out Saturday. When we show up with 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. 30 guys on the team. What are those 13 guys? No, I'm uh, kidding. We're not mad. No. No, just a little salty. No, no, we're not. <laughs> no, not at all. No, life, life, really hey, that's our motto, right? Life happens. <laughs> we're not going to get mad. Um, That's fine. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It'll be okay. It's fine. It's okay. Everything's fine. No, I'm kidding. We're dwelling on it too long. Let's move on. <laughs> so now we are into the D3 schedule. So there's seven Iowa teams in D3. Quad City Irish had a bye. Uh, again, that kind of sucks that they had the bye. But then I started thinking about it. They're really lucky they had the bye because that whole fiasco of rugs, Rugby Explorer, the new system to get sipped. Yeah, because it's... What's the what is the um, software they're using? What's rugby it? Explorer. It's, it is Rugby Explorer. That's what it's called. I keep thinking it's Sports Alamo still. <sighs> no Sports. Okay, so Ridgeway and I. Ridgeway is our coach, and I had to make him a team admin so he could input the scores. You don't even know any of this, Phil. Like this is crazy. We had to put the scores in live during the game and what? the subs from your phone. The Midwest asked us to do that. So here's what we had to do. We had to figure out how to like. Register your own account, become an admin for your team, become an admin for your club. Then I had to go into our club page, and then everyone who sipped, I had to click and add them to our squad. Then I had to go in and download a new app called the Match Day app, the Rugby Match Day app that's tied to Rugby Explorer. Oh, that company's based out of Australia, too. Why can't we develop a program in the United States that works with USA Rugby? I don't understand. Yeah. This company works with the Australia national team. That's why DeAndre couldn't get sipped for the longest time because he kept typing in that he lived in Australia because it auto-generated Australia. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So anyways, once everyone gets sipped, I add them to our squad. Then I take our squad, go in the match day app. I have to add them to a roster like with that's why I made sure too our subs their numbers actually mattered mm. not just like hey I picked the jersey that fits because when you sub them on and off it matches up and in live real time you're supposed to say okay uh number 22 came on for number 3 like when rotor oh, came on for me dude. oh you don't you have that's no idea fun. and then I told Ridgeway I'm like hey since you're coaching like can you input this stuff and he's like well I'm kind of watching the game they're like Kind of that kind of sucks. I'm like, it does. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's almost like we need like some like a another essentially like an assistant coach or like an admin essentially to do yeah. that for us. So Ridgeway wouldn't have to dink with it. Like a person, like your sole job is stat tracking. Yeah, like, and like we almost we almost need that. Yeah. Well, good luck trying to find. I know. That, right? I was just like, gonna say that's ooh, gonna be impossible to find yeah. that. Because then you look over in the crowd, and it's like if someone's there and they're not playing, they're getting drunk on the sideline. Yeah, or it's like somebody's like wife or whatever who yeah. wants to take pictures or pay attention to the game and not or is around with it, taking care of two babies or babies. Yeah, <laughs> well, we've got a lot of babies and wombats. <laughs> a lot of baby wombats there, but no. So I think Quad City Irish got lucky because they got a whole extra week to dick around with it. Mm. I think the system now that I understand it is gonna be fine. Yeah. It's gonna be easy. Once everyone's names are already uploaded, it'll be easy to put a, a roster together. It's just, dude, Thursday, I'm like, we have 13 guys on our team. I don't know if we're going to have a roster. And <laughs> I know. Then, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm frantically texting the group chat over and over and over, like, fucking get sip. Just sip already. Just, please. Just sip. I need to do this. I need to send it in. So uh, they did have a coaching clinic in Davenport. Yeah. Uh, did not hear how many guys went. Didn't hear if it actually went I off. Thought I heard through the grapevine they had like ten people that were doing it. 10, 10, or 12. 10 is the minimum. If you have less than ten, USA Rugby says fuck off. We're yeah. not coming. So if it happened, they definitely had ten. But that's good. That's yeah. ten or twelve more coaches, and hopefully they're on the East Coast, the Mississippi River. <laughs> that drives me nuts when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> there is a coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but they're right along the Mississippi River. Hopefully, we see some high school teams pop up yeah. along, you know, That'd Davenport, really cool. uh, Burlington. I feel like just, you know, with Bettendorf, like, that's what Bettendorf, I want to say. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel Quad like we're going to see some. I think it's, they're going to start popping up here soon. Yeah. No, I definitely know the Quad City Irish. They know that if they want to, like, rebuild Quad City Irish, mm. uh, again, I listen to their podcast. Uh, it starts at the youth. And they know that. And so they're going to work their tails off to build it up at the, the like almost the grassroots of the grassroots. It's the children. They're going to build them up that way. And then that way, those kids, they're either going to go off to college and play. Or if they stay in town or if their parents say, hey, this looks fun. I want to do it too. They're building a base. They're exactly. building a community. They're building more than just a men's club. Because, again, we've seen if you only focus on the men's club mm-hmm. – and you only focus on those 15 to 23 guys, well, when those guys get a job somewhere else, those guys move because of a wife or a girlfriend or because of a new career. Yeah. Who replaces them? You know, that's why, you know, a team like Eastside Banshees, Detroit, they have Metro, they have multiple levels of guys working their way up. So that way when someone moves away, it's not a massive hit. Next man in, and you have a youth foundation, you have academies, you just have all these people who care. And so, yeah, they spent the weekend getting coaches. And so uh, next week, though, they will be hosting Northeast Iowa. I think that'll be a really big matchup. Are they hosting Northeast Iowa? I think they're going to Northeast Iowa, I want to say. 
No. no? It's in Davenport. Is it really? Oh, yeah, shoot. I have it right here. And Jesus Ramirez is the referee at 1 p.m. Ooh. Yeah. Because if I ever want to know, and you guys might be like, how do you know all of this stuff? I go to the Iowa Society of Rugby Referees. And if you click on assignments, you can see every single match, who the referee is, where it's at, and well, what only, time kickoff is. The only reason why I thought that Northeast was hosting was because I swear to God, that's what like Josiah and those guys said Saturday, no. but they must have got it mixed up. No, because I was talking to Alex at the social. Yeah. And he, I'm just like, oh, are you, you guys at home? Oh, and I, I talked to Damagey, too, because Alex was like, no, we got to go on the road again to Davenport. And, like, that's tough for Northeast Iowa. They come yeah. down to us. And then the next week they have to drive down two road games to start the season. Uh, they had, a, and we'll get to, well, I'll talk more about yeah, our yeah. game later, but yeah. And Paul Damagey told me too. I asked him like, where are you at next week? He's like, well, I'll be in Decora, but I'm, I'm camping. Doing family stuff. Yeah. Doing family there. stuff. I'll be up there too for a bachelor party. Yeah. You're not going to Iowa city. No, I am. I'm going to Iowa city, okay. but I'm driving from Iowa city to Decora. Okay, I was like, I was, yeah, we, don't worry. I'm skipping the Friday night portion so I can, Show up Saturday and play. <laughs> uh, but no, it's funny because Damagey told me, he's like, yeah, I'm all the way up in Decorah and they won't even have a match there. So, yeah, there's two people that confirmed that. So, yeah, speaking of Iowa City, I guess we said like 10 minutes ago, let's break down the D3, what happened. So, Iowa City Ducks. Yep, took on CR. They hosted Cedar Rapids. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> so... From Iowa City Ducks' Facebook page. I'm just going to read it because they were there. We weren't. Yeah. In a long-awaited rematch from the spring season of 2022, the Iowa City Ducks struck back with redemption, taking victory over the headhunters. On another hot, humid day, this time in Iowa City, the Ducks started off with majority of possession, showing patience in attack. Play was physical from the get-go and was a slugfest up until halftime, with the Ducks up by nine points. With the wind of Cedar Rapids' backs in the second half, they were able to achieve field position and keep pressure on the Ducks. Some dynamic backline play built off of forward pack foundations. The Ducks stretched and kept the lead to more than a converted try. Continued patience by the Ducks against a resilient and aggressive Cedar Rapids team held the Ducks through to the final whistle for their first victory of the fall season. And the final score for that was 31-15. to 15. Mm-hmm. 31 for the Ducks, 15 for the Cedar Rapids Headhunters. Looks like tries from the Ducks. Alex Chaplin. Who was also a man of the match, I believe. Man of the match at fullback. Yeah, it sounded like he had a really good day. Then Nick May, Nate Roby, Dennis Candido, Thorne O'Connell. And then the conversions, Alex Chaplin had two. And Thorne O'Connell had one. Dude, Nick May's name's always on there. He's such a baller. Where's he from? What's his story? Uh, his brother played rugby, like some high level stuff. I'm not exactly sure where. And he's a University of Iowa student, but he plays with the Ducks. He doesn't play with the college team. Interesting. Yeah. Like he might have just recently graduated, I guess, but like a year ago, he was still playing with the Ducks. Gotcha. And he was still in college. Okay. And he's playing with them now, yeah. obviously. So and I wonder very, if he's good and he's a really good dude. I wonder too, you know, being on a collegiate roster, there's a few more demands than a mm-hmm. men's club obviously like that's what we talk about all the time with our club as well as like you know one practice a week make yeah. sure you get your fitness in i think ducks might practice twice a week but you know when you're in college you're practicing a lot more than oh, a men's yeah. team and and you've got a lot more travel a lot more uh things to be dedicated to so yeah that match that 
I, I'm really happy that it was a tight match, that yeah. it was close because, you know, I, I know Cedar Rapids, they've gone through some ups and downs. Yep. And I did see, I think, Joseph, one of their young, stronger players, uh, he is now playing with Bremer County. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of that. So just wondering, like, you know, what what's going on with Cedar Rapids? Mike Nemshoff, he's the president there. Saw Patrick Lawson. He said played, he played yeah. a full 80 minutes. And so definitely a lot of names I recognize there. But mm. sound like a good old-fashioned, like what you expect from Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. You yeah. know, a dogfight. Those are two teams that have played each other a billion times. It's always physical. They're, they're neighbors. They're practically right next door to each other. So a good slugfest. Um, interesting, too. Notice a name that didn't score for Iowa City that I would expect. Ian. Ian, what the Ian, what are you heck? doing? You're from Australia. You're supposed to be good at rugby. Yeah, you talk funny, man. Like, you're <laughs> supposed to score and stuff. Like, what the He's heck? i too worried about Nico's bachelor party. Didn't want to hurt his face. Yeah. <laughs> want to look pretty for the bachelor party. Uh, uh, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's probably just, you know, taking on more of a facilitator role. Yeah. More of trying to set up the young guys, the new guys. Like, hey, rugby's fun. You should score. I've I've scored too many times. That's, Who cares? That's what I do, like every match. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's why neither of us scored this weekend because we were just facilitating. We were. We, I touched the ball maybe twice. <laughs> Boy, did I facilitate. Good. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait till we get to our game. I feel like you have a story ready uh, to go. Let's no, keep no story. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> let's keep talking Iowa City here. Uh, so again, that game was in Iowa City. Like I said, I I didn't know what to expect, and and I'm. I feel like, too, like, I don't want to sound like a douche. I don't want this to come off shitty. Like, I'm not talking down, like, about Cedar Rapids. The reason why I said, like, I'm glad it's close is because Iowa City has had a lot of momentum of, like, building and growing their program. Again, everything that I know, 99% of the things I know, is pure speculation off of social media. Mm. Iowa City's social media, great. They had new guys at practice. They take a picture of it. They have new partnerships in their community. They take pictures of it. And so, like, that always has me thinking, like, you know, there's all this stuff happening. It's going to translate onto the field. Yeah. And so Cedar Rapids, their social media has been pretty quiet. Mm. And so that's where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I have no idea what to expect. And so, again, that's not, like, a slight at them. I want to make sure that's clear mm. because I love the guys at Cedar Rapids. Yeah, it's a lot of good dudes there. And good I feel players. like, yeah, this is very hard to do this. It's like we want to share the stories of what's happening um, but not sound like a douchebag and be like, oh, look at us talking about everyone. But purely off of social media post, that's why I felt like Iowa City was favored purely because of progress that had been shown. But again, there's always that quote everybody loves, you know, grind in the dark so you yeah. shine in the light. Or it's like, what's your favorite weightlifting motivational quote well, how's that one go again it's like grind what? in the dark so you no, shine in the light not, i just said it phil one, but it's, it's kind of <laughs> like that though it's like like something about like working hard even when nobody's looking kind of thing that's kind of like i always kind of like that little motto and yeah. that's maybe what some of these other clubs are doing when we don't see them posting a lot on social media and stuff it's like yeah maybe they are grinding and working pretty hard when nobody's really paying attention like you never know <laughs> well that's why too like I was nervous for our match because I'm like, if we lose this match, people are probably going to say like social media posts don't win you games, <laughs> which is a hundred percent true. And it's yeah, like, they don't, but... like the whole point is to try to get people in the community excited, yeah, it's get, fun. get the local radio people excited. Like 
on Channel 13 in Des Moines, they actually mentioned the Wombats in the morning news because who watches the, the morning news on a Saturday morning? My grandpa. And my grandpa sends me a Facebook message and says, like, oh, hey, Ryan, they just mentioned the Wombats on uh, on WHO 13. And uh, they said the time of kickoff and they mentioned your guys' name and the uh, your opponent and uh, gave the location. I'm just like, how? So, I mean, I know I like how you're like, is my grandpa like, do you actually see us in the news? Oh, well, like, and I asked him, like, can you like rewind that and like record it? Like, I need proof. And he's, it's a, it's a. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a slippery slope of like, you want to push things out there to be like, mm. hey, look how fun this is. Please join our club. You don't want to like please sponsor us, but be d- overhyped type shit. Yeah, you know? like, ah, oh, we're we're or, gonna be the we can't deliver. You know, yeah, like, yeah. People show up and like these guys fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads us to the next match: the West Des Moines Wombats hosted Northeast Iowa in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't play in West Des Moines. It just sounds cool. Uh, yeah, so the final score of that match was 42 to 5 with the Wombats winning. Uh, Northeast Iowa, they had a great top 15 that came down, and they only had 16 total guys. Yeah. And it was like Iowa City said, it was a hot, humid day. Mm-hmm. We had a full 23, we had a new structure, a new plan. I feel like we executed that plan very well. Yeah. It was a very physical first 10 minutes of the match. We kicked the ball off, and we did not touch the ball for five minutes. There was not a scrum for the first 12 minutes of the match. That was awesome. That was insane. So we kicked the ball off. Northeast Iowa just ran at us, and it was just tackle after tackle. I mean, it was just smash mouth. And I do think, you know, a little bit early on, that could have tired them out. They had some great runners in the centers, you know, seeing Dana back at out center for them. Uh, they had a flanker who, former wrestler, number six. Mm. Did you catch his name? I did not, know. Hit like a missile. Made our fly half Lee very mad because he might have <laughs> hit him late a couple of times. Might have ended the game with a little, little, uh, little, little, tussle. Fist, little, tussle. little tussle. Maybe a red card and a yellow card. Nah, that's okay. That's okay. It happens. We cleaned it up, though. Um, everyone's fine. But their Everyone... other center, that Walsh guy, he runs, he runs hard, too. Oh, dude, yeah, he he was cracking some guys. I'm just like, oh, the cutbacks, and like yeah. that's the thing. So, uh, Northeast Iowa did have five points. I felt like our defense was pretty sound. Yeah, the only five points they scored were because of a cherry yeah, pick. Dana had a nasty cherry pick for like that, was, and we were like pretty close to our try zone too. So it's we, like were, we were looking to punch another one in. We were probably at the thirty. We were getting yeah. close to the twenty-two, and then we had kind of like a lazy, like the pass to Lee was sloppy lee caught it and he was readjusting our fly half was readjusting the ball and he just kind of double pumped it he cocked it a little bit mm. and dana read it perfectly and then took it to the house but other than that our defensive line held pretty well even with hard runners and cutbacks we had guys too chasing people down which was wild yeah the effort like a lot of times like line break we're up a couple tries eh, someone oh, else will get them dude our back three too like Juju D uh Lucas. Lucas like all had like big like try saving tackles. You know, like those could have been yeah. that's you know at least another 15 points on the board for him if they didn't make those stops. Well, and that's the thing, like Lucas, he barely touched the ball. I think he only touched yeah. the ball like twice in the whole game, but he played so well on defense as a lockdown wing and then was just a threat that they had to watch out for. Gaps were opening up in the middle for mm. for the other guys. Dude, he had some 
really good open field tackles. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, and I'm sure, too, people see him like, oh, I'll, I'll run at this guy. Look at this wing. Yeah. Um, he's lean. He's very lean, and he he knows how to go for a shoestring and wraps. And, like, when he wraps a leg, he doesn't let that thing go. Yeah. And he drives him down. And No, but speaking of Walsh, though, there was a, a penalty pod <laughs> when we were going in. Oh, yeah. Dude, my head is still. Ringing. I know. I was right behind you when you took that. When you popped him, I'm like, "Ooh." Was that loud? Yeah, it was really loud. Because so we were probably at our 10 meter going in. Mm. There's a penalty, and it was like, "All right, we have our two penalty pods." We faked it to Vic. It's coming to me because I looked real tired and maybe thought, eh, "I'll catch him." And and I'm a big guy, so I'll eat up a couple of tack- tacklers and ran right at their 12 who hits hard and they're, they're hard hitting flanker. And I thought I was lower than him and he dipped low and our foreheads just boom. And ugh, I, I, I'm really glad I didn't drop the ball or knock it, but I know I was fine because I like turned and I looked at him and I just said, mush. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man, me too. <laughs> and we both just like held our heads. And then Deandre ended up scoring on the next phase. And I think it was because, like, he should have been matched up on D, but we we ran into each other so hard. He didn't get back in the defensive line. And I'm like, I did my job. And then I'm just like, should I sub out? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was that was a oh, that was such a fun physical match. The score doesn't uh, reflect the game. No, the game was so we had 42 points, but every single one of those tries that we had. We had to grind it out. Oh, Each yeah. one of them was about 10, 15 minutes apart because it was just a methodical just push and push and push. Mm-hmm. And we won a lot of 50-50 balls. Yep. And we played the territory. Yeah. We uh I went over to Nick Marker, Nick Marker from you and I. He mm-hmm. was watching us. And then a few other people in the crowd. And after I came out in the second half, he's like, How come in penalties you guys never go quick? And we didn't go quick until the very end of the match. And I yeah. was like, well, sometimes when you go quick, we're not, we're not very organized. And so we slow it down. We kick it into touch. Lee's got a great boot. Yeah. Even if we lost the line out, like they were pinned deep, yeah. you know? So, um, I don't know. We got things to work on. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some things in like our lineouts that we'll need to work on. And we need to slide a little, like our defense, defense was good. Yeah. Uh, definitely do better sliding, spreading. Spreading. Yeah. We only had one offsides call, and that was in yeah, the first two like, minutes. Yeah, and then we're like, take an extra step, and we actually did it. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Like, I know, right? Because usually we get called for that. Like, God, I remember like last year. I swear we get called offsides like at least ten fucking times, and three of them would be back to back to back. And yeah. Was like, oh my god. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And and so, like I said too, Northeast Iowa, they've got some they've got some great players on that squad, and oh, yeah. like Paul Damagey said, if we play that game in Decora. We're the team that brings 16 guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, this game is so funny because you just, you gotta, you gotta win your ones at home and mm-hmm. you gotta show up on the road. And, and I think that was a real story. I mean, not to take away from what our guys did, but it, it played a factor. Yeah. It know? always does. Like it's, I think it'd be bullshit to say otherwise that it doesn't. Yeah. And then speaking of like, again, that travel being a factor, Dubuque. In their return match, first match in seven years, mm-hmm. first league match in seven years, they host Clinton 
and they made the post as well. I was looking everywhere for a score, looking for a score. I reach out to be like, hey, what's going on? Um, how'd it go? Well, earlier in the week, Clinton thought they had a full 15 ready to go. Game day happens. A uh, couple of injuries, a couple of just, you know, random things happen. Yeah. Um, Clinton wasn't able to send all 15. So uh, they end up having to do a forfeit. Mm-hmm. No one likes that. It happened, but it happens. I mean, everybody's been there. Yeah. But Clinton still goes down. They played a match of 10s. Tens, yep. They had three periods of 10s. And the brand new debut guys still were able to put on a show for their home crowd. Clinton was still, I mean, Clinton's got a great core of guys um, that love it. It's just they're struggling to just fill out the rest of that roster. They just need a few more pieces really to kind of keep it going. Yeah. Because like the guys who, I mean, that's any rugby club. There's a core group of guys who care. They're going to give everything they have. It's convincing those other people to show up. It's convincing those other people to show up. In recruiting, and, in fundraising, in just practice, into it just like yes. you do. Yeah, you know. Well, that's something like my wife has told me, and Eric Nichols has told me uh, because I remember, like, with Eric Nichols years ago, like trying to recruit other people, getting really excited. You know, when we talk about rugby, we're very excited. Yeah. And then when I talk to a new recruit or I talk to a potential person, and like Nichols told me one time, he's like, "Hey, you, you got to remember." Almost no one loves rugby as much as you do, especially when they're brand new. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, shit. That's a good point. They don't care, like, as much as I care. Yeah. So, like, finding those people to get them to buy into what you're doing um, is huge. And so it it sounded like it was still a good day of rugby. It was kind of like when Quad City came to us last year. Like, people had fun. The spirit of rugby was alive and well. Just... That's the most important part. I mean, yeah. even if it, yeah, even if it turned into a forfeit or whatever, as long as people still yeah. have fun getting to play tens and getting some more experience, like that's yeah. the main goal. So. The the worst thing that could happen would be like, hey, we forfeit and we're not coming. Like mm. you know, so um, good job out of Clinton showing up, giving yeah. them something because that's the thing too. I know Dubuque was so excited, like we're having a match, like community, come watch. This is going to be cool because. You know, and that just helps so much with recruiting too, because you might have someone who's like 23, 24, 25, they're at the gym. Hey, I'll go check this out. They walk by, they watch. That's pretty cool. When's the yeah. next practice? Or they're at the bar having beers. When's the next practice? So um, that was the men's D3. So when we look at the schedule for next week, D1, Palmer men are at St. Louis. That's going to be. A tough one on the road. The women from Palmer are off. D2 men, like we said, the the B-side boys game of the week. Des Moines at Bremer County. Then in D3 action, we have Dubuque at Cedar Rapids. I think that's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that one turns out. Because, again, I thought Cedar Rapids, uh, they did – they outperformed what I was expecting against mm-hmm. Iowa City. Dubuque, we have no idea who they are. Yeah. We have no idea. Still. <laughs> and Dubuque is on the road. How are they going to travel? Mm-hmm. And that's also another thing. Like, who are they? And you're on the road. I, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating, you know. Yeah. So um, then the next match, Northeast Iowa is at Quad City Irish. Again, the Irish building in the dark. Not even building in the dark. They're doing so much in their community. Will it translate on the field? And then how is Northeast Iowa going to bounce back from this match against the Wombats? Yeah. It's going to be a tough one, too, because, like, just talking with the Northeast Iowa guys, like, 
with it being Labor Day weekend and stuff like that, and like people got family stuff going on, it's like oh. numbers might be might be tough for travel, and numbers might be tough for everyone. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, like they're kind of tough for us right now. Like, yeah, yeah, doesn't matter who you are. Labor Day weekend, it's tough. It is. And then the last D three match of the week, we have the Wombats at the Iowa City Ducks, mm-hmm. and that means which team has the week off? Um, Clinton. Clinton does. Yeah. Yep. And then D4 action is back. We have in Minnesota at a neutral site, Iowa Falls is heading up to Minnesota to face Red River. Do you know where Red River is based out of? I just found this out earlier. North Dakota. Fargo, Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota. I looked at their schedule. They had like a friendly with some teams in Canada. What? Yeah. So when I see Red River, I'm thinking like Oklahoma. I'm thinking down in the heartland. Dude, that's so crazy. And like. I mean, I guess Fargo is still a fairly big city, I guess, maybe. There's just nothing around There's, it. Yeah, I say because, like, North Dakota only has, like, a population of, like, 600,000 people. Like, the entire state. That's two Des Moines. Yeah. So, it's like... Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what's tough is, like, I bet there's a lot of people in North and South Dakota and Northern Minnesota who would make really good rugby players. And we have this problem in Iowa when we have, you know five times as many people that live here than North Dakota trying to get teams within two hours. Mm. That's tough. Yeah. And then if you do a neutral site, I wonder how far that is though from Fargo, like to that Minnesota location, the neutral site, hmm. it's gotta be pretty far still. If like it's gotta be about four hours. You would think if only you had a phone that was charged, I, know. Uh, I could Google <laughs> math. <it. laughs> well, it reminds me of the Northern lights league we were in. I mean, we used to play North Dakota and North Dakota state and drive from Cedar falls. Yeah. So it's probably something similar to that. And we would, we would play a lot of Minnesota neutral site games. And again, those were cool because we didn't have to drive the whole way. But there's something about going to the opposing team's town and staying the night and that going is, partying. Because so you uh, you had yourself a night with the Northeast Iowa boys, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still feeling I'm feeling pretty uh, rough from last night. Those Northeast Iowa boys know how to party. Yeah, uh, Adam similarly he told us he's like, "Hey, if you're coming up to Decora, we want to make sure we have the best social. Uh, how do you think they felt about our social and then post social downtown? I think they had a good time. I uh, I dubbed the guys that stayed because Josiah's like, oh, it's like I got six guys that were all staying or whatever, and I'm like, oh, you're sinister six, <laughs> <laughs> the sinister six. Yeah, and like Josiah and Remy. Did they, those boys bring the energy. Good. Like, oh, my God. Well, that's what's funny is, like, I'm literally in bed. It's, like, 1230, 1 a.m., 1.30-ish. I'm giving Murphy a bottle. She's going to be two months here soon. And I'm like, oh, I'll just check Snapchat. <laughs> and, like, you guys are like just. Dancing in the rain, fucking. Yeah, yeah. Greasy in the rain. Eyes are just. You guys were zooted. Yeah. Full of fun and friendship. And that's what's cool, too, is, like, we just had a, a super physical match. Mm. Uh, again, a little bit of a little scuffle at the end between two guys. But at the end of the night, everybody's partying yeah. and having fun. And people people had fun. Yeah, dude. It was... Anything you can share from the night? Or is it pretty... Well, I mean, we just did a little bit of bar hopping. I mean, like, and it was the usual guys that are, like, out and about with the Wombats. Like, like it was, like, pouring rain. And we were out there dancing. And, of course, the one time I go... It's pouring rain out. We're all dancing outside, so all my shit got soaked. <laughs> it's probably why my phone doesn't work. 
That actually makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. that makes sense. But I feel like uh, that's got to be fun, though, just with another team just dancing. And <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of dudes in rugby shorts just like, uh. And they went to, so Pally's and Clive, our home bar, mm. next door, there is this, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, uh, like this Hispanic family owns this clothing store with the most wild outfits yeah, like it's like a pastry thing like right next to it too yeah 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 Hispan uh, like a Hispanic uh, pastry place yeah. yeah so they went in and they bought like these cowboy shirts <laughs> with that were like bedazzled and had like all these yeah. sequins and like like if you've seen i think you should leave like essentially it was dan flashes yeah like these shirts were just wild complicated patterns the colors like crazy cowboy hats and it was just, or was that Josiah, Josiah? and uh, John Groh? <laughs> oh, his John. his had like uh, yeah. like uh, almost like Conor McGregor esque. Like it had the oh, I don't even Dude. know the name of that pattern, but it was like red and black. Dude, with they the went gold. out in those shirts too. That's amazing. I know those guys. Like I said, they're they're fun. They are very fun. The Sinister Six. And this, and again, this is a big reason why we do rugby. It's like oh, we play. It's fun, but like man. The socials and the post socials, like that's that's awesome. And so we have one last game here that we want to talk <laughs> about: uh, college men preseason uh, matchup that we talked about. Uh, Iowa Central ranked nineteenth, Iowa State ranked fiftieth in Ames. Iowa Central they go down, they end up winning the game twenty eight to eight. So a very physical matchup. Mm. I uh, talked to Coach Ant Fryan a little bit. He gave me a little bit of a rundown of what he saw, kind of what he was like happy with as a coach. Basically, it sounds like at halftime it was three to seven at half. Um, it was it took thirty minutes before a score actually took place. Iowa State misplayed a clearance kick, and then Iowa Central was able to take advantage. And then the very last phase before half. Iowa State had a penalty kick. So, I mean, very physical defensive first half, mm. and then an error by Iowa State led to an Iowa Central try. Then in the second half, there was uh, a penalty try because Iowa State tried to knock a returner out of bounds. Iowa Central scores one more on the yellow card time. Iowa, uh, Iowa State yellow on an intentional knock. Iowa Central scores again. Iowa State scores on a chip and a chase and an offload. Oh, so that's damn. how they got their try. But basically, it sounds like it was a slugfest of a match. And said it felt more like a playoff match than it did a preseason tune-up. These <laughs> The boys were fighting hard. And the thing that Ant took away from that he was happy with, I mean, obviously, he's not happy with. Almost, and that's take away from Iowa Central. All the points that Iowa Central scored happened right after Iowa State made a mental error. Mm. Right after they did something incorrect. So Ant feels like that that match, he's not saying like, oh, we should have won that match. Obviously, he wants to win that match. Yeah. But what he's saying is, those are things you can fix. Mm. It's not like Iowa Central came down and they just were so much better than Iowa State. They blew the doors off of them. No, it was, we made mental errors. We can fix those. And now we're ready to go and we know what to fix. Also, they were down two starters. One of their top players got food poisoning the night before. Oh, damn. Like they all say, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then also, they didn't have Brandon Carnes, you know, the prop. Uh, yeah. He's down in Houston now, so. Oh. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, so like he obviously got drafted, but he's still finishing out a season, isn't he? Or you didn't listen to I it. didn't listen to it yet, no. I haven't had time. I'm well, it's only forty three minutes. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give it a listen after this. <laughs> you didn't even listen? No. Oh my god. I was god. busy, dude. You had a whole week. What? You came kidding. on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so hurt. No, he actually he um yeah, I guess yeah, people already heard it, but he's going uh he was packing for Houston the night I interviewed him. Really? Yeah. So Houston has a plan for him. And they're like, no, we want you down here now. We want to develop you now. Really? He's doing courses online for Iowa State to get his degree. And they're being really helpful with him. Oh, but he is nice, not playing for Iowa State. They're getting him ready for MLR preseason. Understandable. Yep. So talking about guys who are actually on Iowa State's team, mm. <laughs> I reached out to uh, Antu to ask him. I'm like, you know. Who is someone that really stepped up in this match that you're really, you know, happy about? And so he said, Jared Johnson, he's a hooker-flanker hybrid. He was a wall in defense and made a ton of open field tackles and one ball to break down all day. So basically, Jared Johnson, that's a guy we'll be looking for for this season. I mean, he's been, Ant is always trying to reload, and it sounds like he found another kind of just workhorse for him. And I asked him, too, on Iowa Central's side, Who's the guy that really stood out to you? And he said, Aiden Farrell. He is a stud if you are a rugby geek. Tackles well, moves the ball incredibly well, directs the attack from scrum half at a high level. So Aiden Farrell, I, I think that kid's from Wisconsin. I I think I always see Iowa Central and Brent Nelson, whenever they sign a kid, they're like, hey, we signed this kid. Here's his info. And I remember that name. Yeah. Um, sounds really familiar. I remember seeing it. Pretty sure it was a Wisconsin kid. They pull a lot of kids from Wisconsin. Yeah, I noticed that lately. So, yeah. So, sounds like, I don't know, Iowa Central, they've got a great coaching staff with Brent Nelson, Joe Lippert, and they just added Chuck, uh, Chuck yeah. Dakota Southworth mm-hmm. from Cedar Falls. He played at Iowa Central. Uh, you think we'll ever talk to him? I can see him coming around in the near future. Oh, a little, a little, little teaser there. A little sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of the start. I, I think it's great for both clubs. Iowa Central, obviously, got the win. Oh, they had a B-side match as well. So oh, both yeah. both teams were able to get their second-side guys a look as well. And I, I just think it's so great for both those clubs. I mean, mm. they get that preseason look. Iowa Central is going to be playing a tough schedule. Very long road trips. They're playing against like a Thomas Moore. They're playing against D1A varsity programs that are in this weird, like we're a smaller college, we're D1, we're varsity. Mm. No one really wants us. They might as well have renamed that conference uh, the Land of the Misfit Toys because I feel like <laughs> right. that's kind of, it's like everybody like applauds them. Like, oh my God, good job. You're, you're giving all these great things to your student athletes. But hey. Fuck you. You have to go to a different division. <laughs> you can't play in our division because we don't have those resources and we're not about to give our kids those resources. But good, good job. <laughs> yeah. I, and I also saw this too. This was a really interesting thing. I wasn't even going to bring this up, but uh, on one of the rugby coaches, Facebook pages I'm a part of, um, people were talking about the misleading language some coaches use to be like, you can be a scholarship rugby player at my university. And then they only give them $1,000. And Nelson was like, well, at Iowa Central, that means a lot to our kids. And they're like, well, yeah, you're a community college. 
And they're like, we're, I'm talking more like the $60,000, $44,000 a year schools who are like, we'll give you $1,000. Mm. And Brent's like, well, free money's free money. And like, if you want to go to that big school, you know, that still knocks off something. Yeah, it's, it's better than nothing or being on a club team where you pay to play. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, there are kids who, you know, there's kids who've gone to Simpson College and they paid like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year and they played rugby. They didn't get money for rugby but yeah. anyways um brent had a great point because they were like they're like well we're not talking about you you know your your cost is much lower and it's like well yeah but they still provide varsity level you know trainers before yeah. practice they've got these they got crazy strength and conditioning program yeah they're like yeah like the school does like a lot you know and, with them and then yeah the cost of tuition at iowa central is much lower than anywhere else and it's like these kids are getting the experience of a varsity program because mm-hmm. it is varsity. Yeah. They're getting a degree that they can use right away. It's opening up all these doors and they're not going to be in a massive amount of debt. And, yeah. and so that was the thing. It was kind of cool that Nelson did jump up and say like, well, I got to say something because you can't just let people poo poo and be like a thousand dollars. That's nothing. Well, to some people it's a lot. And depending on where you are and it's like, why don't, why aren't there more community colleges that are doing this? Right. Because it's, they've created a model that has just propelled them to this great spot. So it's interesting, you know, interesting conversation around it. But I think, like I said, both teams, Iowa State, Iowa Central, they have a bright future. This fall is going to be a lot of fun for both those clubs. Iowa Central, again, tough, tough, tough competition. Iowa State, great learning I mean, this is exactly what Ant wanted. Wanted. I mean, obviously he wanted to win, but more importantly, they got out of there without injuries and they learned a lot about themselves before they go for their first match in two weeks in Iowa City against the University of Iowa. Mm. So, big stuff. Anything else you want to say about uh, the weekend? Uh, well, no, I just had a lot of fun. It was great to finally get back to playing like competitive fall season rugby yeah. feels like we've been talking about this for like basically since it ended yeah. <laughs> last year. Oh yeah. So it's nice that we're finally here and finally doing it. Getting that game out of the way. Like I feel like we, uh, I've got anxiety. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I, we've all got it, yeah. but especially this year, I don't know why before the match, I just feel like, We've been talking about it for so long. I'm just glad it's out of the way because yeah. then I don't have to think about it anymore. I know. Just the uncertainty. And like Northeast Iowa, we were 0 2 against. And it was just like, dude, we got and it. They're, and they're a good club. Great club. Great guys, physical guys. They care. They they coach high school rugby. Like they care about the sport. So um, it's just the nerves of like, oh my God, we're doing it. And the exciting part of I love checking in with buddies from other teams and just like, hey, how'd you do? Like, what's going on and just kind of seeing how things take shape and, and hearing how people are doing. So again, while it is the fall season, we're going to do one episode a week. We're going to recap everything. We're going to preview the next week. We are going to try to have one interview a week. We just kind of dropped the ball this week. I wouldn't even say drop the ball. We intentionally were like, we need to figure this out. Yep. You know what our new structure is going to be in season. We will go back to two episodes later. But right now, we're really, I mean, obviously, we're focused on winning matches and running a club and and then... Trying to make sure everything's going smoothly. And it's just like, 
just one thing after another, and it's like, yeah, maybe you can dial it back just a little bit yeah. on the podcast stuff. Yeah. Like you said, we've been going pretty hard in the paint for 16 weeks. Yeah, we earned it, right? Yeah, exactly. We earned it. Pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too many pats, because you know what? A hungry dog runs faster. And now we're to a new segment <laughs> called the Dogs of the Week. <laughs> when we barked at Parker that one time, we're like, we got to do something with that. We need to bring the barking back. So, Phil, who's your dog of the week? And this could be on the field, off the field, a winner, a loser. I mean, you could use the word dog. It could actually be a legitimate dog. Oh, like my dogs. <laughs> well, no. Did they earn it? No. I mean, you could use the, the term dog in a good way, bad way. Isn't it funny how, like, the word goat used to mean, like, uh, like, People would say, like, uh, like if you were, like, a goat, you were kind of, like, shit. Mm-hmm. And now goat is, like... Greatest of all time. Greatest of all Interesting how our terms... So, dog can be however you want to spin it. I want to say it's going to be a positive thing this week. Okay. And my dog of the week, it might be a little cliche, but um, is also our man of the match for uh, our Northeast Iowa match. And I would give it to Nick Huffman. He uh, just... Who's he play for? Western White Wombats. He's our flanker. Well, I'm just saying, I know I know that, but you got to tell. Yeah, I know, I know. I there's know. people who don't know Nick yeah. plays so, for us. So Nick could have been yeah. on Northeast Iowa. Good point, good point. <laughs> Sorry, I forget sometimes. But, uh, you know, Nick Hoffman, I would say, would probably be my dog of the week. Just, you know, he had to step in and take over, like, the trigger position for our lineouts because Nico moved to the back line, and he's been doing a pretty good job with that. And during that match, too, he was in on, like, 80 fucking percent of the tackles. Like, and he was – there's a couple times in, during the match where I'm like trying to like Nick like cycle like recycle because like he was making like six tackles in a row. I'm like you're like I don't want you to be like burned out, but the dude's got such a motor like he just didn't stop. You know why he has a motor? CrossFit. He does CrossFit. I know. I was giving <laughs> I was giving shits. That dude's got a fucking like crazy six pack. It's like why don't you go do some sit ups? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's well earned. I mean, that's why he got man of the match was because of his work rate. Yeah. Oh, we, we talked about it pregame. It's like, you know, no matter what we do, we took what Joe Lippert said a few weeks back on social media where, like, the MLR is looking for pack players who win the breakdown, win the set pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about before match is guys are going to be better at rugby than us, but we can control our work rate. And if we are at every breakdown before the other team, if we're being physical in the tackle, we're being physical in the counter ruck, and we're being smart in those, and then we're winning our set pieces. I mean, as the jumper and the trigger man, too, he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, whoever was throwing in for us, sometimes he didn't throw a clean ball. Nick was able to tip it back. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a, um, Phil throws in for us. I do. I had one that was not straight. Like, at all. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing. It's okay. Well, dude, we had like 20 lines. I know. There were so many. I know. That was... and, yeah. And my arms are tired from lifting. <laughs> oh, well, good. Yeah. Nick Huffman, Phil's dog of the week. Who's your dog of the week, Mr. Gray? Have you thought about it yet? I have been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it hard because there's so many different ways you could go with it. I know. You know what I mean? And so my dog of the week is going to be, I mean, it's got to be. Has to be. Has to be from Northeast Iowa. You didn't think I was going this way. I did not. No, Josiah. <laughs> yeah. How do I say his last name? Chisel. Chisel. Yeah. 
Looks like Shishel. Yeah, it kind of does. Chisel. Yeah. Uh, the reason why he's going to be the dog of the week, number one, buying that goofy-ass green cowboy <laughs> shirt with the, the jewels that were purple and wearing that downtown dog. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you're just looking for people he, to say got a like, lot of attention. Oh, I'm sure positive attention. Like yeah. that's fun. And also negative attention from guys who are about like, who the fuck does this guy think he is wearing that silly ass shirt? <laughs> Look at him with all those bright colors. I want that shirt. You know, he's getting more attention than me. That's a dog. He alpha move right there. And then also, <laughs> this is really funny too. We had a good laugh multiple times in the breakdown. Him and I were in there together and he laughed about this because he had his head down one time and I just was like lightly tapping on his shoulder, like pretending like I was going to counter ruck. And he just like looked up and he like laughed. And then there was another time Paul called like diving over or something. And I think he just like fell over. Um, no reverse that I fell over and Paul didn't call it. Northeast Iowa had the ball. They run into contact Josiah is rucking. I try to go to counter ruck and I fell down because I just, I was off balance. Probably should have been called for diving over, but I didn't impede play. And he just turns, he goes, Hey, that's cheating. And we had a good laugh. <laughs> of to, course. To have fun, but also like, I mean, like I said, we ran into each other a lot mm. and just wearing that shirt, dog. I want to find a photo of that. Someone has to have a photo. Dude, there's we'll got to be some that. floating around. Oh, yeah. God, he's a funny guy. He's so wild. Yeah, love it. And you need that. And that's why he's got a little dog in him. And that is our newest segment that's <laughs> looking for a sponsor. The Dog of the Week sponsor? Ooh. Phil, what do you think I'm doing here? Like, I'm trying to create oh, segments course, so yeah. we can get a sponsor for each segment, you know? But that was the B-Side Boys, Dogs oh. of the Week. <laughs> Now we're going to do another new segment that's not new, but we actually are going to make this a segment. And we actually prepped it. Did you prep? Yeah, kind of. So now this is brought to you from the creative mind of Jeremy Newman. I was going to say, this is Jeremy's idea. <laughs> this is Jeremy's idea. And again, we're looking for a sponsor for this uh, little bit as well. It's called Philly V's Top 5 of the Week. And this week, Phil, I want to know, because I think both of us feel the same way, but maybe in different ways. I'm hurting. Dude, same. I woke up, my head's throbbing. My left shoulder, I feel like it's just dead from the scrums. Uh, my legs are tight. Every single time, like Murphy cried last night and I needed to get up, I, I just, it took an extra little bit. I, I can't move. And then also had a few beverages. For your top five of the week, what are your top five Sunday recovery methods after a rugby <laughs> match well, or after a saturday of rugby well, and that includes pre-match during the match and post-match social and downtown oh my god that's so it's definitely not backed by science and hold on structure wise are we gonna go five to one or one to five or are you just gonna say dude, it's five? not gonna be any it's gonna be more like a five-step process and i don't oh. know if it actually works <laughs> so we okay so all right, because I was thinking about ranking these, but yeah, you're just like the the ranking doesn't matter. We're yeah, just, okay. in my opinion, it doesn't matter. And like I said, okay. it's not based on science. I don't know if it actually works, and I'm probably doing a lot of things wrong. But it just seems okay. to work for me. Well, this is your top five. Yeah. So here we go. Number five: uh, drink a lot of water as soon as I wake up, which makes me feel like shit, and I don't want to do it. 
but I do it anyways. Right. I always feel like I'm going to throw up. You know, I think that one is actually backed by science. I think that and is. That one is. Yeah. But the next one, though, like, usually I, every fucking time on Sunday. Number four. Yeah. I like I said that. DoorDash. Get something greasy to eat. And it's usually Jethro's or something stupid. That's really funny you say that. I was thinking of this, and I was just like, the thing I love to do the most and then I always kind of allow myself a, an extra big cheap meal because I'm like, yeah. I played rugby yesterday. Yeah. I can allow it. And I it's like, it. drank 3,000 calories in Miller Lite, but I deserve this grease. Yeah. It soaks it up, you know? Maybe a McDonald's breakfast too. Or, you know, back in the day up in Cedar Falls, Mama Jay's, biscuits yeah. and gravy, chicken fried steak, just gravy on everything. Oh, that sounds amazing. Next yeah. time we go to Cedar Falls. The, well, we're going in two weeks. I'm not. I have a wedding. Oh, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> brothers. Yeah. Um, number three, walking. Like, taking my dogs for a walk. Sometimes it's just like... You gotta walk it out. Yeah. Sweat it out. Like, it's fucking awful. So, so far, three for three. We're, we're not really even looking at from the rugby. This is more of like hangover cures. Well, I mean, the walking actually, yeah. that actually is a scientific thing because it's just yeah. like blood circulation stuff helps with your recovery. So Break up that lactic acid. Yeah, lactic acid. Two, take a fat ass nap. Oh. One to three hours. <laughs> take a fat ass shit. <laughs> just sit on the yeah. toilet for one to three hours. I took, I took a nap today and like it made me feel like shit. But also kind of like well-arrested. I don't know. It was weird. It'll help you for Monday. Like you just mm-hmm. kind of got to survive through Sunday, the nap. Because I hate that feeling too. You take a midday nap. I've been taking dad naps lately. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Dad nap. Oh, because, okay, so last night uh, Lex was like, hey, let's watch that new movie, Orphan First Kill. I watched that. Which, it was fun. Fun, but awful. It, was, it wasn't scary. <laughs> it was like really... Uh, like they were in on the joke. Yeah. Like Julia Stiles' character. Like once you figure out the twist, and that you don't figure it out. They straight up tell you the twist, and then once they tell you that, they're like, "Is this a joke? Like this? It's this movie's such a joke. Like yeah. they they really lean into like all of our cards are on the table, and this is how. Like I don't want to spoil anything because it is a good twist. I thought it was a good twist, and also too. How are you going to call it first kill when she kills like 30 different people? Yeah, like, <laughs> like beforehand. Which one's the first kill? Yeah, I know. That was that was ridiculous. Because I think it could set up. Lex thinks there's another prequel because it's based on a short story or a book or something. Oh. It's super fucked up. And she thought that was actually going to be the prequel. Basically, so she's a grown woman. Yeah. In like a child's body. She always wanted to be married, find love, blah, blah, blah. But she could never find a good guy that was actually liked her for the person she was. They were all creepy guys who liked her because of how she looked. Yeah. And then that's what makes her go on this murderous rampage because she hates all men because all men are terrible. Because they're gross and creepy. And that's why they liked her. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the movie Lex thought it was going to be. Like, oh. Because like in this short story, she actually like worked in like a hostel or brothel or something i don't know and meet these men and just fucking kill them that's not how the movie goes at all like not the original one either so there could be another prequel first first kill first first kill because i again two first two kill because every (laughs) single time she killed someone i turned to lex and go was that the first kill (laughs) because you want to know something funny i haven't seen the first movie oh really he had to watch the first one i knew the twist love how this movie starts off too the doctor First two minutes of the movie. 
So this girl has a genetic disease where she looks like she's a child, but she's actually 30. And I'm like, well, if I haven't seen the first one, that spoiled it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was fun, though. But anyways, uh, the reason why, too, I also had to keep asking life's questions was I kept taking dad naps. I literally was sitting there straight up like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And then I would just yep. nod. Yep. And I could just feel, and like what would wake me up is I could just feel her staring at me like, you're going to fall asleep through this whole thing. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Got up, walked around. Like I'm standing watching the TV so I don't fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know. Dad naps. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, Lex put one on her Instagram story of me today too where I was laying on the floor like with Murphy and uh, I just fell asleep because I was like trying to comfort her because she was crying. And I was mm. just like, shh, shh. And then I fell asleep. (laughs) So naps, big one. That is a huge one. And you also do not recommend Orphan First Kill? No. I I didn't enjoy it. But, yeah, Yeah, you know. It was fine. Yeah, it's whatever. Like you said, it's fun. The ending, too, I thought, too, was, like, really kind of at it. Like, it was not what I expected. No. I feel like you almost have to watch it to be like, what the fuck was that? It wasn't scary at all. Ugh. But back to the top yeah. five. What's number one? Number one, I've been getting into it a lot lately, and one of our players on the team is actually sponsored by them. But uh, Liquid IV, I've been drinking those a lot lately. It's like oh, like rehydration drink, whatever you mix up. They have those at the Breakfast Club. Yeah, dude, they're you can get those at the Breakfast Club restaurant. Like, yeah, they're good. Like, I mean, like it's got to be like ice cold for them to taste like decent, but like they work really well. Like I've been drinking to make sure I don't like cramp up and stuff. Should we and drink them before games? Would they help you not cramp or during a game? You could drink them either before or during. But um, they taste like shit. If they're not freezing cold, they kind of taste a little funky, in okay. my opinion. But like, yeah, I've been I just like slammed one of those this morning too. And who's sponsored by it? Devin. Can um, he can lock Devin? Yeah. Can he can can this be Philly V's? Top five. Brought to you by Liquid IV. Could it be? Yeah, I don't know. You never know. Yeah, more use, segments, more use, opportunities use for sponsors. My, use my code PhillyV10. <laughs> 10% off. Get your first 10 free. <laughs> and I guess I got a bonus one. Okay. Hair of the dog. Just start drinking again. Yeah. Bloody Marys, Screwdriver, yeah. Mimosa. That's only temporary, though, because it'll kick in later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love a good Sunday fun day. Lex and I actually went to Valley Pub. Got a buffalo chicken pizza. Had a couple beers. Nice. Just sweating. It said it was only like 75 degrees. Bullshit. It was so hot today. Yeah. So hot. And I was just sweating. And I'm like, I can't move my arms. I can't move my legs. <laughs> so of those five things, so number five, water. I drank water. Yeah. Hey, I actually, I'm. we're not boozing right now. I know. It's most <laughs> Most of these were boozing. I'm drinking water. Phil had a Powerade. Powerade. Uh, so check did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four was DoorDash. Get something greasy. Yep. So I've been eating like shit all day today. <laughs> there you go. Check. God, I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm following Phil's top five. I'm good to go. Did you go for a walk? Number three, go for a walk. Well, uh, we took the kids to the park and we played in the playground. Oh, there you go. That's check. close enough. Yep. I-, I mowed the lawn too. Oh, yeah. I walked a lot and got sweaty. <laughs> uh, number two was nap. Nap. I didn't, not on purpose, but I did it. And number one, didn't do. So I don't have li- one. Gotta get a liquid IV. Next time. 
<laughs> next time. But hopefully, too, you know, we can – I don't know. We'll see what happens next Sunday. Right. Yeah, so. I'll bring you one or two. Good. Yeah. I think that was a good top five. I think this could be a very fun segment. I think so. Yeah. I think it's got legs. Yeah. And it could be serious and we could get real goofy with it. I'll probably be mostly goofy. Good. <laughs> good. Kind of like the one where you pick Chick-fil-A because you're homophobic. <laughs> oh shoot we're back but again one episode a week thank you everybody for joining us we have another full week of action coming up we will see you guys next tuesday (laughs) i didn't mean to say that (laughs) i didn't that's when the next episode is or if you play for the ducks we'll see you saturday iowa city we're coming for you personal this time do you know what they said? Uh, they tagged us on social media. I saw that. Yeah. No snitch tagging, but they tagged us. And they said it's wombat season. Mm, they don't want the smoke. They don't want the smoke. <laughs> I, I hope they have their their uh, MC guy. Oh, yeah, I do too. He's a good dude. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. So get out this Saturday. Go support your local club. Go pick up a pair of boots. Play for them. Ref coach do something this weekend with rugby this is the best time of year for rugby i love september because uh optimism is high Mm -hmm. everybody has a chance for the playoffs go play support do whatever any last words phil no just yeah still looking forward to the season looking forward to see how everybody does and yeah good luck to everybody for the rest of it yeah and again if you want to be on the podcast Shoot us a message. We're always looking for people. We've got some plans for some people. We've got some ideas. Um, We'll have a couple of really cool guests coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. But if you have something that's pertinent to stuff that's happening in Iowa rugby and you want to get that out, our whole goal, the whole point of this, spread the word, grow the exposure, and create a sense of community. Or there is a a community in Iowa rugby. I think it's a very good community. We want to tighten that community. We want yeah. people to feel connected. We want to we want to strengthen it. So, um, yeah, let's keep it rolling, man. Yeah. How you feeling? Good, you. Actually, pretty terrible, but good, you. <laughs> good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs.